Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So today uh, we have Jesus talking about, uh, once again, a parable, and the image is a beautiful image of a father who wants to put on a beautiful wedding reception for his son. And at one part we can hear how much God the Father is desiring to put on this beautiful celebration. He says, listen, I've taken care of everything. Just come to the feast. To hear in God this great desire for you to be a part of a place of joy, a place of celebration where you step out of being alone in this world And you get to be a part of this great community. And this community is centered, all right, in this parable, around a son who is married. It's his wedding. And so not only is there a community of joy and celebration, if you will, love is in the air. And I do a lot of weddings as a priest, and no one can remain neutral during weddings. Either they're really moved with desire and tears because they're seeing love and sacrifice and commitment. Maybe they're reminded of their own wedding or maybe they're in touch with longing for they're still looking for a spouse. Or maybe they're not neutral because they're really frustrated because love has let them down and now they're seeing love again. But no one goes to a wedding neutral. They're usually moved in some way. And so people are part of this parable. They're part of this celebration. And what's really important to see is that marriage and wedding is the preeminent lens God uses to speak to us. He uses a lot of analogies, shepherd and sheep, father and sons and daughters. But it is particularly the wedding feast, marriage, that he uses from the beginning of the scriptures all the way through, more than any other image. It's because God believes in the power of that symbol. If a man and woman giving themselves to each other forever, it still speaks. Think of almost every song you listen to. It's either about falling in love or being hurt by love. But love is the major theme. Right? You hear no one writing long songs about buying a new pair of shoes. Love taps into some of the deepest places. And married love, particularly, is really about vulnerability and intimacy. The vulnerability to enter into union with another person is profound. It involves a heck of a lot of trust and an immense amount of willingness to not stay in control. If you want deep union, you have to say, I'm not going to be in control anymore. I give my life to you. And out of great surprise, someone else in this world says it back to you. And that creates the great love that in my vulnerability, I'm met with care. And now someone does the same, and this deep union happens. Now, I'm not going to embarrass them, but there's a couple in the back right that I married recently. That's as much as I'll say. And... Their love is in seed form. 
Verses in front, very, very few rows up, you had Deacon Dave and his wife Anne. Their love has flowered over 60 years of marriage, is that right? Over 60 years of marriage. So it's meant to grow. But everyone is invited in Jesus' parable to be a part of this, to enter into this place of being loved, having your vulnerability and trust not taken advantage of, but met with an equal vulnerability and trust. But there's a weird thing about this parable. There's this guy who shows up without a garment on. And if we don't know the history, it doesn't make sense, but anytime a wedding feast was going on, the king had attendance at all the doors with garments. So people who showed up who couldn't dress properly, they'd give them a garment. Maybe if you remember the old days, really fancy restaurants, gentlemen, if you went in without a blazer on, they'd give you a blazer, right? Something like that. They'd have wedding garments. So if this guy got in without a wedding garment, it's because he thought he was fine the way he was. He thought, I can enter this great celebration of joy and intimacy and love and beauty. I can be a part of this just the way I am. I'm fine the way I am. We hear this a lot in the church, especially when the church stands up for some tough issues. I start getting emails from some of you, and it's like, how are we going to get people back if the church is hard on these issues? You're going to turn people away. It's like, well, we didn't create this method. Jesus did. Some people say, you're not being like Jesus. You're turning people away. It's like, well, we're not turning no one away. We're just being clear in what we're asking, and some people don't want to do that. But Jesus didn't Say, hey, come to me the way you are. We'll just hang out, you know. We'll, we'll get rid of shoes and we'll be a bunch of hippies and we'll just see what happens. It'll be awesome. Jesus asked for everything. One of the things he demands that's the hardest, the older you get, is to surrender your judgment. Jesus isn't good because he conforms to the way you see the world or your political party. He's good because he's God, and you're right to the extent you conform to him. We're right, good, and true if we conform to Jesus. He isn't right, good, and true because he makes us feel good or affirms our belief system. We're the disciples. He's the master. And the beautiful thing is he's not looking to lord it over us. He's trying to say, if you surrender your judgment, I won't condemn you. You get drawn into intimacy with God. You get to know the riches of God, the joys of heaven, even while on earth. Because none of us are actually the bystanders in this parable. We aren't the invited guests. According to the church's teachings, all of you are the bride. Now, gentlemen, don't get weirded out. It's poetry. It's symbols, okay? Stick with me. But you're the one that Jesus vulnerably surrenders himself to. You're the one that the God of the universe that says, all my power, all my knowledge, all my wisdom, all my goodness, I'm giving to you. I bend down on my knee to wash your feet. I go on the cross and suffer so that nowhere in your life story you'd be without me. And at the Mass and the Eucharist, I come to you in the most disarming gesture I will look like bread, but don't be surprised. It has become miraculously changed. It is me uniting myself to you in your weakness and in your vulnerability. But he will not endorse and affirm our judgments, 
our own ideas, our own will, and our sins. He very much wants to put us in a wedding garment, which we got at our baptism. Up here, there's a baptism family. In a little bit, the kid's in white. Hold that kid up for all of us. See? Yay. There it is. It's like Lion King. Okay, so. (laughs) But there's a reason why the kid's in white. We think, oh, because they're pure and precious as a child. No, we're not Hallmark, okay? They're in white because there's entering the, she'll become a, he, she, she, great, nailed it. All right, good. She, (laughs) she will become a part of the church, and the church is the bride of Christ, meaning the church is the one that receives the love of Jesus. We don't just cook it up. It's not just intrinsic. We receive, we become beloved to God. And then in that place, we grow into intimacy so that his power and love can flow through us and we move from bride to body of Christ and then we can share it with each other. So today, what Jesus is asking us to realize is two things. One is, how often do we relate to God as the deepest center of our hearts? That he wants that level of vulnerability. The second thing is, is do we come in here presumptuous Do we come to church simply to be patted on the back that my own ideas and my idea and all this stuff, I'll be affirmed, and therefore I'm right, and I'll go back out. Look how right I am. That's ugly. I hate to break it to you. It's a very ugly human being. The most beautiful human beings are the ones who come in here with tears on their face, or they come in here a little quieter because they know they really need God's help. They need formed. They need taught. They need led. They need forgiven. They need encouraged. We come here as sons and daughters, not as masters. And we get formed and taught by Jesus so that we can be like him for the world. And when they say, there's something different about you, you can simply say, come and see. The wedding feast is prepared. All are invited. We just can't enter thinking we're fine. If you realize you're not, you can come as much as you want. Amen.